Hello and welcome to Digital Photo Magazine's weekly podcast, covering everything you need to know about the world of digital photography. So my name is Matty Graham, I'm Managing Editor at Digital Photo, and with me as always is Technique Editor, very tired looking Technique Editor, <laughs> Matt Higgs, who's literally just stepped off the plane back from Fortakina, yeah. which is uh, obviously the world's biggest photo show in Germany, Cologne, which is held every two years. And it really is huge, it's massive. Go on, put it into scale for the for the listeners. Well, see, this is the thing. So it's my first photo keen. It happens every two years. Yeah. And um, I've been to the photography show in the UK before. So if any of our listeners have been to the photography show in the UK, this place is probably about eight times bigger, if not if not even bigger than that, perhaps. Um, it is literally massive. It is. Uh, to walk from one side of it to another, you know, you, you kind of got to allow... 30 minutes you know it's um and I, I don't walk slowly i walk at some pace but um it's 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 huge it's really quite impressive and there's so many companies there uh, familiar ones and ones that you've never heard of producing some absolutely amazing products so it's uh it, it really is a, a fascinating place for for us photographers it sounded like it, it blew your mind it, it really did. I mean, it's one of those things you kind of you hear from people about how big it is, and uh, you know you kind of have some expectations, um, and it and it exceeded them. To be honest, it it was absolutely massive. Did you uh, fill up on sausages and German beer? I did. I did. I, I lost count of both. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, lots lots of beer, lots of German sausages, and uh, you can't really go too far wrong with either of those two things. Fantastic. So, I mean, obviously the location and the uh, event blew your mind, but also mm. there were some amazing uh, camera launches. Yeah, there really was, and some surprise ones as well, which was nice, because often, you know, before these events, you kind of hear a few rumours, and uh, you kind of have some expectations of of what might be getting uh, unveiled. Yeah. But um, no, this time, um, there was there was some really... Yeah, some really good surprises. Where do you want to start? Well, I was going to say so we've got, we've got about. Yeah, exactly so much to talk about. Let's start with your, f- you know, ladies' choice. Let, <laughs> let's start with your favourite and most sort of um, impressive launch that you think took place in. Well, uh, the one that I think probably um, kept us journalists uh, talking for throughout the the the. the the kind of um, the show. Uh, I mean, it's still going on um, up until this Sunday. But the 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 one that's still the most hotly talked about subject is probably Fuji's announcement that it's going to be releasing a digital medium format camera with a 51.4 megapixel sensor that's going to be called the GFX GFX 50S um, as part of a new kind of GFX line that's going to going to kind of really sit at the top of its range. Um, so there's this new camera, and they're also releasing six lenses for this camera. So it's it was a really big announcement and uh, one that I don't think that many people were kind of um, expecting. No, they did really well to keep uh, e- even all the internet rumours. Mm. Nothing was really sort of pointing in that direction. So for the listeners that don't know, Fuji produced these amazing compact. Si- compact system cameras um, and they have uh, for four or five years now they're really well out of the X series of uh, cameras so they're based around an APS-C sensor which for those that don't know is smaller than the full frame sensor uh, but not quite as small as the micro four thirds yeah um, and traditionally they've been around 16 megapixels so to jump from um, an APS-C size sensor to a medium format sensor. Yeah, skipped full frame completely. Exactly. That is a massive deal, isn't it? It really is, yeah. And I mean, I, I got to uh, actually hold this camera and to have a quick little play with it. And mm-hmm. the thing that really surprised me about it is, so there are existing digital medium format cameras out there on the market, but um, what 
what was a little bit different about this is it, it really does feel like it's almost part of that X series range. It's um, this camera is not much bigger than your standard DSLR, so kind of traditionally medium format cameras were quite big and yeah. quite kind of bulky and stuff. This doesn't feel like that. Um, I mean, uh, one of the things they did was to show its kind of shape in the shadow of an existing um, full frame DSLR. Yeah, I won't say which one it was, um, but it, it, it did. It fitted inside its its kind of of, uh, its body shape. So in terms of its dimensions, it's really quite small. Um, one of the things that kind of helps that is that it has um, a detachable um, EVF. Yes. So there's no EVF built into this thing, but there is one that kind of clips onto its uh, hot shoe on the top. Yeah. Um, and kind of, if you're not using that, then there's a, a kind of tilt screen on its back so that you can use that. Cool. Um, so that's that's quite nice. So you can either have this slightly larger device with the EVF, or you can you can kind of really keep it quite compact and, and remove it completely. So I think um, the secret to that um, small footprint, if you want to call it that, is the fact that this is a medium format camera that is actually mirrorless. It is. Yeah. So yeah. you know, traditionally, you know, with 35 mil cameras, medium formats, they always used to have uh, mirrors built in. Of course, Hasselblad booked the trend earlier this year mm. and with the X1D. That didn't have a mirror. Fuji have now stepped up their game and uh, their medium format doesn't have a mirror. Are we going to see the disappearance of mirrors altogether from cameras? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen for a little while, but I yeah. think it's certainly, um, you know, there, there are pros to not having a mirror in your camera design. And I think a lot of brands are really kind of embracing that now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know last podcast we were talking about Canon's uh, recent announcement of its new CSC and stuff, and, and it's a lot more of a, a serious device. Um, so I think... You know, I, I think there are certainly a lot of brands which are looking at the opportunities that these kind of mirrorless designs allow in terms of kind of like performance speeds and, uh, you know, burst shooting and things yeah. like that. So um, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be something that's um, that's increasingly embraced, I think. So I'm going to ask you about the price in a minute and the availability. Yeah. But one other yeah. thing, one last thing from the specs that I took out of this was that um, Fuji mentioned... The lenses, the new, uh, the six new lenses that are coming out, yeah. can uh, deal with resolution up to um, up to and including rather uh, hundred megapixels. Yeah. So this and, and suggests that they're future proof. Yeah. So this suggests that you know fifty megapixels might just be the start of this whole revolution. It could go up to seventy five or hundred because they've got the lenses that will take care of that resolution. D definitely. I mean, uh, the way Fuji are approaching this, this isn't a one off. You know, yeah. this isn't um, kind of a novelty product or, you know, they're, they're really hitting this uh, with their full attention. And, you know, like you say, six lenses um, at launch. I mean, I can run through them if you want. Um, Hit it. So, it, so we've got a, you know, I'll go through it. So we've got a 63mm f2.8, which uh, on a full frame uh, sensor would be kind of equivalent to a 50mm lens. Uh, we've got a 32 to 64mm f4 zoom. That's equivalent to 25 to 51 millimeters. Uh, there's a 120mm f4 lens, which is equivalent to a 95mm lens. Um, 110mm f2, that's that's their lens with kind of the widest aperture yeah. um, at launch. And that's equivalent to an 87mm nice lens. portrait lens then. Yep. And there's a 23mm f4, which is equivalent to 18mm. And a 45mm f2.8. So, you know, kind of already at launch, they're covering quite a wide yep. range of options here. I mean, okay... Um, 
you know, there's no sports lens or anything like that. But then, you know, you, uh, there's not that many sports lens for digital medium format cameras. Of Traditionally, course. these are cameras for, you know, fashion shooters and um, kind of uh, commercial shooters in studios and stuff like that. So already those those kind of shooters um, are, are going to be kind of catered for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a really solid release. Good stuff. Okay, let's talk Turkey. And how much is it going to cost? And when can we get our hands on it? So there's no official release date for this camera yet, and there's no official UK price either. Um, what they have said though is that it's likely to be out in early 2017. Yeah. Uh, quarter one of 2017, and it's going to retail for. And th- th- you'll have to do your own maths here and kind of guess what the UK price may be. Yeah. But they said it's going to be under ten thousand US dollars excluding tax uh, with the external viewfinder um, in that box and and I think a lens as well so um, yeah once you've kind of um, allowed for exchange rates and uh, you've added tax to that and stuff I don't know I mean I I imagine it will probably be between 8 and 10,000 probably something like that yeah yeah yeah. probably under the 10k mark so if you draw me in the secret Santa uh, uh, (laughs) off a secret Santa this time round Hexy you know what to get me now (laughs) yeah I best start saving it quick (laughs) (laughs) okay so fantastic news on the medium format there let's um Bring it down a little bit in terms of uh, sensor size and talk DSLR, mm. or rather DSLT. Yeah, so the DSLT bit there, uh, Matt, is a bit of a clue because we're, of course, talking about Sony's new A99 Mark II, yep. which is the new um, kind of flagship DSLT. So Sony have had a lot of success in the CSC market, yep. but um, they have still got the A-mount range, which was kind of uh, taken over from Minolta several years back now. And the A99 is their flagship model. So this camera's got quite a high resolution. It's 42.4 megapixels. Wow. But the one thing that you get with this camera that perhaps you don't get on some of the other high resolution cameras from some of their main competitors is that it's still a speedy device. Mm-hmm. It does 12 frames per second burst shooting. It's amazing. Yeah, it's got 4K um, video shooting. There's five axis image stabilization in there. Um, and it's, it's quite competitively priced as well. I don't know if you want to hang fire on the price and discuss the camera a little bit more. No, go, go on, t- tell us the price, yeah. So there's no UK price again, uh, oh. but this camera's going to be out in November. But the European price, so you can kind of do your maps and work out what it might yeah. be, is €3,600. Uh, okay, so probably just over £3,000, yeah. which makes it a direct competitor to the 5D Mark IV. Mm. Um, that's a really interesting camera, I think, because like you see, it's got the resolution but it's also got the speed. Um, and that's really, really cool and really important. Um, so some of the specs that I picked up on uh, was um, the five-axis image stabilization. Mm. So effectively, you know, a full-frame camera having built-in five-axis image stabilization means that any lens you buy, you know, whether it be a macro or wide-angle, mm. any lens is you know, stabilised. Yeah, this is all sensor-based. It's not like some of the, the systems, the 5-axis yeah. systems that embrace um, optical stabilisation as well. This is all sensor-based, so you're right. Uh, whatever you put on is going to be able to make the most of this. And I think it's equivalent to four and a half stops. That's, so that's it's, it's a solid system as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's not to be snuffed out, that's for sure. Okay, uh, what else? It's, it's a little bit small. I'm not really bothered about that. It's been tested in excess of uh, 300 actuations. So this is, you know targeting pros mm. you know and the autofocus system as well which has always been one of those areas that sony cameras have really done quite well in mm-hmm. um again that's uh, that's kind of um 
all been uh, enhanced and uh, from from previous generations. So it operates down to minus four EV. So really low light conditions. This camera's going to have no problems with. Yeah. That can go toe to toe with anything else on the market. Um, and it's uh, a hybrid phase detection system. So it's got the equivalent of seventy nine hybrid cross type points yes and they really are kind of frame covering points some full frame camera systems kind of the very central the position yes. of the, the points that you can select but this system i had a play with it and they really do cover virtually the, the entire frame which is great for you know when you're kind of um setting up compositions where the subject might be off center so yeah. uh, it's a really solid looking device i'll be honest i think the sony uh, appeals to me more than the news about the fuji because mm. um the Fuji is, you know, t technology wise, a huge step forward, but yeah. it's still going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Sony, you know, it's not cheap, but it's 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 more in our sort of ballpark as, you know, everyday shooters. Um, yeah. So yeah, really really exciting. Uh, we mentioned the price of that. Any sort of uh, availability? It's is it November? I think November. Yeah. So no, um, I don't think there's an exact date, but um, yeah, before the end of the year. Good stuff. And also. Um, Really, just one last sort of thing on this. Yeah. Really good news for um, users of the ear mount who might be thinking, oh, did, is Sony going to do away with that? Well, I had this conversation with the guys at Sony because there's always a lot of speculation online and yeah. in the internet forums and all sorts of stuff. You know, Sony's had such success with its CSC line. There's been a lot of talk about whether they'll continue to support the A mount line. But one thing that I was told was that as far as Sony are concerned, the A mount line is something that they're going to continue to uh, to kind of support and they've got no intentions of of leaving that kind of DSLR or DSLT market anytime soon, um, which is great news for uh, for Sony shooters. Fantastic, great stuff. Okay, we've done medium format, we've done full frame. Uh, time to go on to micro four thirds. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about Olympus. So Olympus have announced the uh, the development of the OMD EM1 Mark II. Um, so this camera uh, has got no kind of um, release date yet and no kind of price. Yeah. But what they have done is release release some of the specifications that this camera is going to have, and yeah. and they're quite exciting. Yeah. So do you want to run through some of the ones that caught your eye, Matty? Yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about speed with the Sony. Mm. You know, the Olympus is going to set records with their, their their speeds if this all comes to to be true. So, um, which I'm sure it will be, yeah. um, because they have released an official press release on this. It's not like we're talking about rumours. Um, so, the EM1 Mark II. I love the name of this. It is so long. So it's Olympus OMD EM1. Mark II. It's catchy, <sighs> isn't it? Yeah, just let me catch my <laughs> breath for a minute. Um, so this is obviously replacing the Mark One, which did really, really well. I think it was launched uh, four years ago now. Um, it's got 20.4 megapixels, obviously based around Olympus's tried and tested Micro Four Thirds uh, style sensor, um, and it can shoot up to. Obviously, you were there, so you know this. Yeah. Or, or I would have said, brace yourself. I feel like I should do a drum roll here. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty JPEGs. A second, or eighteen raw files a second. Uh, that's yep. with a fixed EF, I believe, rather than sort of uh, continuous. It's pretty. It's pretty speedy. Wow, sixty JPEGs a second. <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? It, re it really is. It really is. I think if you're if you're shooting sixty JPEGs a second and you don't manage to capture at least one good photo of your subject, <laughs> then um, I think you should probably go back to the drawing board and see what you're doing because. Uh, <laughs> That, that's an awful lot of frames. Fair play. So let, let's, let's take a step back and just sort of work out why sort of Olympus have done this. I mean, mm. um, they've been at the forefront of Micro Four Thirds technology since DOT, basically. Yeah. Um, but one of the sort of 
concerns was that uh, the focus was never sort of fast enough. Mm. I guess it's marginalised and sidelined sports photographers who might have wanted a, a lighter system, but perhaps didn't feel confident enough that you know it would focus properly and the speed was there. Yeah. Well, look, those days are gone now because the uh, EM1 Mark II is going to address all of those concerns and more. Definitely. Um, so it's it's weatherproof, it's splashproof, it's dustproof, it's freezeproof. It's got two SD cards, and one of them can be used. Um, to take the really high-class uh, SD cards that record 4K footage because, of course, this films high fo- uh, 4K footage in uh, for speed rates from 24 to 60p. So with the 24, you can get that... Um, Slow down uh, that speeded up look, and with the 60p you can uh, you can go for those slow motion footages as well. Yeah, and another one of the features that both for video and for stills work is really going to appeal to people is again there's a five axis image stabilisation yep. system here, and I believe I'm right in saying it's also four and a half stops. So another really impressive stabilisation system that's going to help you to take blur free shots in lower light conditions at slower shutter speeds. Yeah, I mean this is this is just. I can understand why you had such a great time out there because all these cameras going off. I mean, it's such a great time for the photography industry, isn't it? Mm. Um, one other thing that Olympus did, they launched a lens which was a 12 to 100 mil f4 ISO Pro lens. Um, and that effectively translates to a 24 to 200 lens. Um, so that's that's pretty good because, you know, that's that's... <laughs> a fairly versatile sort of working uh, focal length. Well, while we're on the subject of lenses, actually, I'll just mention Sigma because Sigma had some really interesting releases as yeah. well, and I got to got to hold these lenses and see what they felt like and stuff. So they had three lenses. They've got an Art 12 to 24 f/4 lens. Yeah. Uh, they've got an Art 85 millimeter 1/4 lens, which I've been assured is one of the sharpest lenses that they've ever produced. Now, given how sharp some of those Art series lenses are, yeah, this thing is gonna be a boss it's, oh yeah it's, it's gonna be amazing um and that finally they've got a, a new 500 millimeter lens a sports lens um now one of the things that i noticed about this new 500 millimeter lens is uh, along with like there's got l- loads of great kind of controls on this thing is that um despite how large it is it weighs next to nothing mm. um like i say i got to, got to handle this thing and they they passed it over to me and i was braced i was ready to take the weight of it <laughs> like you often have to with these 500 mm yep. lenses and that wasn't actually the case at all with this i felt a bit stupid um it weighs in i think at around 3.3 kilograms which you know for a, a 500 millimeter prime lens is actually really really quite impressive yeah absolutely um it also takes like drop-in filters and you know it this thing's looking really, really good. Well, Sigma just continue to up their game, don't they? It's, they do. It, they're just, you know, it's pumping out lens after lens after lens, and they're getting sharper and sharper. Um, so, a couple more things to talk about before we leave the Fortakina stuff. Um, so, Sandisk. I got this sort of sense that everyone's trying to outdo each other uh, <laughs> at Fortakina, uh, because the Sandisk have unveiled the world's first one terabyte SD card. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen such excitement about a memory card. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's all these cameras, there's all these exciting uh, products, but actually, one of the biggest buzzes around the show was on the Sandisk stand where you're right, they had this card there, and um, it was packed out. Every every time I went past it, it was packed out with people just wanting to check out a memory card. What's that about? You know, they've really, I think, kind of um, captured people's Im- uh, imagination with this figure and stuff, because I think we can all look back at the history of memory and uh, look at the, the, the SD cards that we first had, yeah. um, or the Compact Flash, or whatever, you know, you may have 
have had. And you look at the sizes and what it costs you, and then you look at where memory's going now. It, it's crazy. Like, st- storage is just crazy. Do you know what? I've got... Um, I-, I was looking in one of my drawers, and I found a one gig card yeah and a, uh, a 512 megabyte card yeah and look and now we're talking about a one terabyte card yeah and that's in the space of sort of i don't know eight years and i guess that does kind of you know reflect the industry and then mm. you know we've got all these high resolution cameras now that you know we never had in the past so obviously file sizes are larger and you know storage has got to change with that but it but it's happening and, and storage is just getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper yeah. which is you know it's really impressive. I mean, this thing ain't going to come cheap, but, uh, you know, in, in a couple of years' time, the price will have dropped, and, you know, as of the way of things, you'll yeah. be able to get a one terabyte card Yeah, for not that much money. Yeah. Incredible. One thing, talking about technology, sorry, just to go back to mm-hmm. Olympus, is um, a really interesting comment that I had from the guys there was that one of the biggest limitations now for image stabilization is actually the rotation of the Earth. Now, <laughs> they said this in all seriousness. Now, if you're getting to the point in technology where you're only limited by physics, I mean, what does that say? Absolutely. I mean, we're, they're achieving such such fantastic things at the minute. Christoph, so one last thing. Well, it's, it's, it's one company, but two products. GoPro mm. uh, obviously announced the new GoPro 5. And also, which is really important for them, the Karma, which is GoPro's first drone. How cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, like GoPros have obviously been associated with with drone photography since it's kind of become more of a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to release their own drone, well, that's that's another step, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, I know you were all over the place at Fort yeah. But um, so the Karma is looks like a normal drone, but it's a lot smaller, has a much thinner sort of profile, and it can actually be folded up, right, uh, okay. so it takes up far less room. Um, and what happens as well, it's got a stabiliser system that you can actually take off the drone and use handheld. So, say you're into skateboarding, mm. I can take the stabiliser off the drone and you can be skating along and I can run alongside you That's pretty and cool. get the stabilising effect, but just handheld rather than on the drone. Yeah. Really, really cool. But these are all effects, you know, like, like the drone photography where you'd have previously needed helicopters. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with these stabilisation systems when uh, previously you'd have needed like dollies and all sorts yeah. of things. You know, they're, they're making really kind of pro quality filming and, and film techniques yeah. available to, to the general consumer at really competitive prices. It's um, it's fantastic. Um, one, one thing, just one final company I will mention yeah. um, is Nikon, who, okay, in terms of um, their kind of DSLRs had quite a quiet show, yeah. but um, one thing they did announce is that following the announcement of the Mission 360 at CES in January in, in uh, Las Vegas, yeah. is that they're, they're already added another two cameras. Before it's even out, they're adding another two cameras to this line, cool. which are the Key Mission 170 and the Key Mission 80. Right. Um, now, the 170 is kind of your more traditional action cam that I suppose is going to go toe-to-toe with uh, brands like GoPro. Yes. Um, but the Key Mission 80 is something a little bit different, which is a wearable camera. Yeah. So um, the idea is that you kind of you clip it onto your body or onto your clothes, and it tracks your whole journey. So, it, it you know, you capture images every five minutes, or you record your, your whole journey. Um and initially, in the Nikon announcement, I was thinking, well, it's kind of okay. You know, I've seen things a little bit similar to this before. I'm not too excited. Um, I went to one of Nikon's evening events, and they actually had one there. And I was really quite impressed at how small this thing is. Wow. It's it's about the size of a, a cigarette lighter. It, wow. It's crazy. Uh, it's got a torch built into it, and it kind of feels like it should have some other accessory because it's so 
pocketable. Yeah. It just feels like um, like a great kind of gadget for um, if you're really into like you're walking or hiking and you want to record your journeys and actually take some half decent photos while you're doing it and stuff. So it's really interesting that. Um, Nikon, we talked about companies entering new markets yes, and stuff, yes. that Nikon have seen the action cam market and said, actually, we want a piece of this too. That's interesting. Any prices available for that yet? There are. So uh, the Key Mission 360, which is uh, the, the 360 camera, which yeah. they initially announced, yeah. that's been priced now. Um, I think the price is £419.99 in the UK. Um, the Key Mission 170, which is that traditional action cam styled one, that's going to be £329.99. And the Key Mission 80, which is the wearable camera, that I was just talking about that's going to be £249 interesting be really interested. let's get those in test them and see what we can do with them yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to trying them out good stuff well you look like you need to go off and sleep for a week I but before you go I want you to sum up Fortakina in three words <sighs> in three words yeah um, big yeah uh, <laughs> I could just repeat that three times <laughs> um, so I'd say big technology there's an awful lot of technology there. I don't know. Sausages? So, so, sausages would, would probably should probably go there as well. We should explain this yeah. because in, in the press lounge in Fort Lakina, all this really serve is sausages. It's, it's sausages everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it, the, the whole of Cologne was just sausages every other shop. But, um, but they're really good. <laughs> good stuff. Okay. Well, thanks for all your effort for getting out to Germany and, and representing no, no worries, Digital Fort. It's coming, a tough job, but someone's got to do exactly. it. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> and coming back with all these awesome stories. And, and there's so much tech here. Um, you know, it really is a, a great time to sort of be looking for a new camera because you've got so much choice. There's certainly so many products that I'm excited to review over the next kind of 12 months. It's, it's going to be a really in- exciting time in the industry. Good stuff. So next week, we've got uh, a bit of a strange segment, haven't we? Because we were t- uh, chatting about this the other day. If you're the sort of person that likes um, saving a bit of money and uh, using DIY products uh, to satisfy uh, photography jobs, you're going to love this one because we've got this uh, little segment called Photo Gear that isn't Photo Gear that can be used as Photo Gear. <laughs> uh, I wonder who titled that, Matty. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, we came up with this uh, in the car on the way to lunch the other day, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So tune into that next week. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. See you later.